When you strip it all away, what do you have except the legacy you build and the impact you create? So the question is, are you willing to stand for something bigger than you? My goal is to spark a fire in the hearts of men to become what they're called to be. I believe that stronger men lead to a stronger marriage and families, and that's how you change the world. My name is Jonathan Allen, and this is The Prodigal Project. All right, guys, welcome to The Prodigal Project. I'm your host, Jonathan Allen, and today I want to talk to you about one of my favorite subjects, which would be dogs. Or more specifically, my favorite dog. His name was Titus, and at the time that I'm recording this, I lost him about four weeks ago. So today, I want to tell you his story. But before we get into that, I need to give you a little bit of context. So Titus was the result of what you might call a rare moment in life where fate intercedes and hands you a gift. See, me and my wife, we'd only been married a few months when it became pretty clear that she was not going to be friends with my Australian shepherd, Judy. Now, Judy had been abused as a puppy. But more importantly, she'd been abused by a woman. And she saw my wife moving in as a threat to her domain. So, my darling Aussie, Judith Marie, made it her life mission to destroy anything my wife owned and shun her to the highest degree possible. My wife had encroached on her territory, and it was war. Now, this went on for months. So I decided for Christmas, I was going to get my wife a puppy. After researching breeds and searching out available puppies in the area, I happened upon a litter of Great Pyrenees puppies. Big, fluffy, lovable, and snuggly. They checked all the boxes. Jackpot. So I contacted the breeder, forked out my $100 deposit to hold a dog. And one week later, we were on our way to Virginia to pick out a puppy. We were greeted at the door by an old southern lady, decked out in muck boots, a way too large jacket, puffing on a Marlboro cigarette. Now me, I smiled on the inside and I knew these were my kind of people. She welcomed us in, and then after a little small talk, walked us back to the goat pen, where we were greeted by the pack, which consisted of several different peers, including the proud parents, Magic and Sammy. I still remember being blown away by how enormous the male stud dog was. He had the biggest head and feet of any dog I'd ever seen, and he came up past my waist. After watching the puppies for a while, my wife landed on a little girl labeled Female 3, which she later came to name Willow. So there you have it. My wife had her puppy, and all would be right in our home now. 
So we spent the next few weeks making trips back and forth to Virginia to see the litter and give my wife time to bond with her new puppy. Now you might be wondering at this point what any of this has to do with my dog, Titus. Well, there's another piece of this story that I haven't told you yet. On our second trip to let my wife have puppy bonding time, something happened that nobody could have really predicted. My wife was loving on the mother of the litter, while the breeder was rummaging through all the fluff balls in search of our little girl. And by this time, honestly, the poor lady was getting up in age, and you could tell she was exhausted from caring for the litter and her goat farm. So nobody can really blame her for what happened next. After catching sight of number three on a collar, she mistakenly grabbed up not our little Willow, but her brother, male number three. Now no sooner had she stuck that dog in my arms than the little guy locked eyes with me and froze. I still remember, like it was yesterday, the way he looked at me, like he was weighing and measuring what he saw. And me? Well, I quickly realized that little she had a wee, and I told her she'd handed me someone else's dog. She apologized and found the right puppy. I set down the mail, and my wife spent an hour loving on her pup. While I spent an hour with little boy number three gnawing on my pants leg, the little guy just wouldn't leave me alone. So we wrapped up our visit and went to leave. And that's when the strangest thing happened. No sooner had I walked out of the barn than we were met with the wails and whines of a puppy in distress. Now, my wife, being tenderhearted, turned around to console her puppy. But it turns out it was not our little Willow, but her brother. The old lady turned to me and said, Looks like you've got a little buddy of your own. I looked at the breeder and said there was no way we could afford two puppies, and I'm sure whoever had placed the deposit on him would give him a wonderful home. She nodded and told me that the mail was actually still available. Now, I found that hard to believe, but she said the family which had spoken for him had just backed out that morning, which made the smartest and best-looking mail in the litter available, almost like it was meant to be. But none of that changed the fact that we couldn't afford another dog. And I didn't have the capacity to deal with another one either. I told that to the breeder, and she nodded and said she understood. All while wearing a grin that said she knew something I didn't. So we said our goodbyes and headed back towards North Carolina, knowing that the next weekend would be our final trip. The one where we would be bringing home our little willow. My wife was excited and kept running through the list of items we needed to pick up before next weekend, and I nodded and listened as we drove. But for whatever reason, I just couldn't get that puppy out of my mind. There was no way we could handle two giant breed dogs at the moment, 
But something in my gut told me I was making a mistake. That for some reason, that dog had picked me and I shouldn't ignore it. I told myself I was crazy and I needed to let it go. But I couldn't. And by the time we got home, I had made up my mind. I reached for the phone and I messaged the breeder. I knew I'd be hearing from you was the first thing she said to me. So the next weekend, we made our last trip to Virginia to pick up not one, but two furballs. My wife had her willow. And me? I had my own little buddy, who I named Titus. Now, truth be told, those dogs cost me more time, money, and stress than I ever could have imagined. They certainly didn't make the first year of marriage easy either. They were stubborn as hell, hard to train, shed hairballs the size of Pomeranians all over the house, and had a tendency to bark at bees, butterflies, shadows, the cat, Judy, and each other. In fact, the shedding was so bad, I actually came up with my own recipe for a de-shedding shampoo. Message me about it sometime. It actually works. But despite all the headaches, it didn't take me long to realize I had made the right decision bringing Titus home. Willow was bright, energetic, sweet, and beautiful. But he was intelligent, perceptive, laid back and he possessed a rare quality amongst animals where he not only knew when something was wrong, but would stick by you when going through hardship. He had a gift for lifting the weight of a heavy heart and bringing a comfort that's difficult to explain. My mother once had a horse named Rio that was the same way, and I've since come to realize it's a rare quality in animals. So if you're ever lucky enough to experience it, treasure it you may never find it again in another companion. Now, Titus grew so big, he actually surpassed his dad in size. You may remember me describing how big he was earlier in the podcast. Maybe it was because we loved him so much, like a real-life Clifford, if you will. But regardless, he was a gentle giant. I remember the fear people had when we told them we were expecting our oldest son and how they all had concerns for the way our giant dog would react. But he never reacted badly. He never became jealous. Stoically, he accepted the change and took his place between the kids and the rest of the world. A faithful friend that didn't judge or hold a grudge. No matter how little attention he got in those days, or how many little hands smacked him, no matter how many times a toddler pulled his ear or fur, he responded with affection and unconditional love. A faithful guardian, a protector. I'm not sure if it was the result of him imprinting on me or if he simply had a heart of gold. But one thing Titus did not do well was separation. I built the dogs a pen to help cut back on the amount of sweeping we had to do around our house, and out of fear that their natural guardian instincts were not being fulfilled. 
silly me. The pen overlooked a cow pasture and was still inside of the house. I thought it was the perfect place for the big fluffy king to oversee his kingdom. And that rascal escaped at least once a week. And I'm not just talking about any old pen, mind you. We're talking thick gauge cattle wire, a massive roaming area, concrete reinforced sections along the bottom to prevent him from digging out. I went above, beyond, and then some. And no matter what I did, that dog could chew through it, dig under it, or climb over it. Looking back now, it really was incredible. It was almost like he was telling me, Don't worry, boss. I know you put all these things here to test me, but I got you. Just give me a minute. I'll be back to the house in no time. Maybe he liked the challenge. I'm honestly not sure. But despite me labeling him as a big goof, the dog was too smart for his own good. I once saw him open a cattle gate latch with his teeth, and he used to use his nose to roll doorknobs like a person would with their hand, which allowed him access to just about anywhere he ever wanted to go. Titus saw no value in learning silly tricks like speak and roll over. Trust me, I tried. But he knew his job, and he knew his worth and he took the job part seriously. Guarding my son's door all night or sitting at the top of our steps was where you'd often find him, just waiting for the moment he was needed. Humans have a knack for getting used to the exceptional and taking it for granted. And I'll admit this is true for me as well. I rarely stopped to consider the blessing my big old dog was to me. He was just always there. Until he wasn't. And like anybody that's faced tragedy, I felt the weight of that blow profoundly. On a Wednesday evening four weeks ago from the time I recorded this podcast, I walked my big dog to the pen for the last time. I just didn't know it yet. After being cooped up for a few days, I thought they were due some much-needed outside time. And like always, he protested with wails and howls of heartache. Stubbornly, I walked back to the house and did my best to ignore the tirade coming from the dog pen. I still remember telling my wife, that dog's going to kill himself one day trying to be with us. I did not know how right I was. The next day, Thursday evening, I found my dog dead by the edge of the fence. The same spot he always stood when waiting eagerly, anticipating the moment that I would appear. My big T, as I like to call him, died doing what he always loved to do most. Look out for his people. I guess I'll never really know what happened that day. And the truth is that all the blame and self-punishment in the world won't bring my dog back. But it seemed after talking to a vet, the likely cause of death was a sudden heart attack. A common occurrence in giant breeds. The old boy loved us till his heart gave out. And you can't ask for any more than that from anybody, animal 
or human. So what's the point of this episode? Honestly, (laughs) I'm not sure there is a point that I'm getting at. Maybe I just felt like Titus deserved to be remembered. But if there is a lesson to be learned here, then maybe it's this. What kind of men, dads, and husbands would we be if we chose to love like my dog did? Never letting the actions of the people around us affect our behavior or attitude towards the ones we love. Imagine if we never let a bad day keep us from being the best dads we could be. Or never let the pressing matters of life around us prevent us from seeing the beauty of a moment. Imagine a world free of judgment or conditions attached to our relationships. Imagine how good the world would be if we all just loved like our dogs do. My name is Jonathan Allen, and you've been listening to the Prodigal Project Podcast. And if you've made it this far, I hope you've enjoyed the story about my dog, Titus. We'll catch you next time right here on the Prodigal Project Podcast.